glad to be in the house of God again. And uh, about two hours later, I'll be more happier than now. So, but I hope you're uh, coming to you uh, for the word of God. And God dwelled in his word. And whenever there's uh, his word, his Holy Spirit is there to anoint that word. And directly to our hearts so that we can not only just hear his word, but let the word change us. That is the whole desire of my heart. I trust that that's your heart as well. Thank you for the musician. What an atmosphere that we have. And I just invite you directly into going to the Word of God. If you don't mind, let us stand and go to the Second Kings. Second King chapter 19. Let's read from a verse uh, 14. And Hezekiah received the letter of the hands of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwells between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. Lord, bow down thy ear and hear. Open, Lord, thy eyes and see. And hear the words of um, Sennacherib, which has sent him to reproach the uh, living God. Of the truth, Lord, that the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were no gods, but the works of a man's hand, wood and stone, Therefore, they have destroyed them. Now, therefore, O Lord, our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. Then the son of Amos sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, that which thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. Let's turn to um, uh, the same cha- uh, same chapter, uh, but at the end, to verse twenty. Uh, uh, sorry, verse thirty-five to thirty-seven. The same chapter, nineteen, verse thirty-five, and that's the result. How the Lord went hear his prayer, and he said, "And it came to pass that night that an angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of Assyrians." A hundred, fourscore, and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed, and went and returned, and dwelt at Nineveh. And it came to pass, as he was worshipping in the house of uh, Nisroch, his god, that Edra Malek and Sherezer, his son, smote him with the sword, and that he escaped into the land of Armenia, and the Ezra Hadon, his son, ran in his stead. Let's turn to a book of a Judges. Book of a Judges, chapter 16. Book of Judges, chapter 16, verse uh, 19. And here you talk about Delilah. 
and she made him sleep un, upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said that the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I'll go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wished not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and they bound him with fetters of a breast. And he did grind in the prison of a house. How bit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. Now let's turn the same chapter, the 28, because the, it's too long. I'll just, uh, for time's sake, just read a 28 to 30. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this one, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took a hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood, and on which he was borne up of the one with his right hand, out of the other with his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might, and a house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than the which he slew in his life. May the Lord bless this word. Let's bow our head. Dear Heavenly Father, only you can open up the scripture. Lord, although the scripture our eyes can read, our memory can remember, our mind can reason, but Lord, it is taken only the Holy Spirit that can reveal the whole word to us. Lord, we ask you to come out on the scene again. Not only just to reveal what was the meaning of the word, but Lord, reveal the person of the word. Reveal the true voice that is in the word. Reveal yourself to us. Lord, let us eyes be open. Lord, though maybe some people's eyes has been blind, let the Samson. But Lord, in his last moment, when he cried out to you, Lord, you opened up his spiritual eyes. He saw there's a possibility. Then he come unto you and cried unto you, said, once more, Lord, avenge for me. Oh God, you're the one that heard our prayer. So Lord, we come with a desperation. We come with a sincere heart. Like the, like Come, this is our last service on earth. Oh God, you can do the things that the man cannot do. Lord, no matter what Satan has been doing, no matter what Satan has been due to havoc to the body of Christ, but Lord, as the song has the song of our brother Parazak, Lord, we are the final voice in this final age under this messenger, Lord. You didn't send the messenger in vain, but you send the messenger with the almighty word to us, so that we're not just listening to the word, not just reading to the word. Lord, let us open our eyes to the Recognize the power of this word. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we know you predestinated a service. You predestinated each person that came into this door. Not to hear a man, but to hear the son of a man. Hear God speaking to us. We thank you, Lord. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We saw the scripture was speaking about um, uh, Samson. 
And the Brother Branham is talking many times about Samson, uh, especially in the, uh, in the message that uh, once more, uh, there's uh, five services he was speaking about um, uh, this person. And when we look at the, the Bible, it's talking about Samson, it was such a unique character. And he's the one that was the Nazarite call. And he's the one the Lord called him to be separated from all of the world. But how in the world did that Samson end up in the situation like this? And uh, he was, uh, hair was uh, shaved it off. And the uh, eyes was uh, put it out. And the grinding in the house. When the, per- when the people that are at an end, they even take him as a, just as a sport. And there has to be a little child leading him. And uh, But uh, Samson also recognized there's a possibility. And so the Bible talking about the Nazarite. And the Brother Abraham said in the God's word called a total separation from unbelief. He said, and now we find out in the numbers, the sixth chapter, that a Nazarite's call, a Nazarite call was to separate themselves from all the world to the word of a God. That is a Nazarite call, separated. And when God called Samson, God intended Samson to be separated. When God called a Christian, the Christian is not a mixer, but a Christian is called to be separated. Separation is not something that is fun. Separation is not something that we consider as, uh, uh, you know, the easy things to do. But it's the word of a God called a total separation. It's not a part separation. It's not a 99% of separation. But it's called a total separation. When a person is not a totally separated from the world, the world even got one chance, 1% of a chance, that word will get a hold of you. If the word called a total separation from unbelief, even just 1%, of unbelief that is there that one percent of unbelief will end up to take Samson to the prison house and to be grinding and it will end up to take you to the prison house to grinding it will end up to shave the law of seven walks that a confidence that a word a secret that words of power has laid but one percent of that if that little weakness you didn't let the Lord to dealt with it that one percent would end up to shave all the locks that you have because God's word called a total separation. And in the same message, he said, no matter what the price the world has to say about it out there, or how many scornful, the laughter or critics, that doesn't bother a person that's totally separated from things of the world to the things of God. They will obey the word and separate themselves from the things of the world because the word separates them. Whenever if you said you received the word, the word is going to do the separation work. Though the word, though the word living in this body, though we live in this world, but it's the word of God will separate you from all the rest of it. It's not a said that we're separated from the, the people. It's not a said I mean that we're separated from society. You know, the one of the things I heard them. Um, uh, that's, uh, you know, sometimes we have the Bible study with the Chinese people. And uh, sometimes when we have the fellowship, uh, they said, uh, you know, in one sense, that the believer is uh, very unique. But on the other sense, that the believer is very common too. And it's very unique. They uh, believe the word that they go to church. It seems like they are more fanatic than anybody else. But on the other hand, uh, they're very common. They're eating the food like uh, anybody else's eat. Uh, they're uh, uh, doing the things that just anybody else is doing. They go to school, they go to work. 
And that's such a mystery to the people. How do the people, they can live a common life just like anybody else, yet there's something in them that's so different. They couldn't pinpoint it, they couldn't put their hands on it. What is that? It's the word that is the secret. Whenever Samson started giving out, sold his birthright, sold his word out, and started to mingle with the world, then his secret was disposed, exposed. Then he was taken away into the prison. But you see, for the believer, our secret is to lay it only on the word of God. It's this word and this hour make us so different from anybody else. But yet this word made us different, but yet we live in this world. But then you become a mystery. Become a mystery doesn't mean that you live a life that seems like an angel. Living, you become a mystery. It doesn't mean like you live such a, uh, you know, just like an angel, like a God type of a life. Uh, that is not a mystery. The mystery is you still living in this body, but still possess something that the world was so desired, but it couldn't get it. All that makes a difference is because the message that we received, that contains the life, that life makes you so much different. And then God's word called a total separation, the same message. But Abraham said, God has one way of bringing light to you. That's when you're ready to separate yourself from all the things of the world. And the cares of the world. And to claim only to God's promised word. You have to be ready to separate yourself. If you are not ready to separate yourself, God cannot do things to you. You find out many times that people come before the altar, they might be crying, they might be pounding at the altar, they might do a lot of a, a boo-hoo and a whatever that you call it, but they're not ready yet. That's why they can, uh, their uh, emotion, their uh, person, uh, their human zeal can drive them for a, a little distance, but it will never let them be settled. It will never let them go to the end of the trip. It's like a Samson that he might be a take the a gate out of a Gaza and a standing and a sitting on the top of the mountain and then he might be broke the bound of the cord. But he never gave it his whole heart to the Lord. He gave it his strength to the Lord, but he never gave it his whole being, his heart to the Lord. That's why when he was coming to the final time, when Delilah started to uh, afflict him, that get on him, that's what Samson felt. You find out that that's many times the people that who can claim to believe the message, that's how they fail. It's not because they don't have a zeal. It's not they don't have a passion. It's not they don't have the, something that in the heart that they want to believe God. They want to do good. They desire the good things. They desire the love of God. They desire to uh, sitting in the atmosphere, to come into the, the church, to listening to the preaching of the word. That is the cause something stirred up in them. But they never give their heart to the Lord. They never come to a point to get ready to separate themselves. You must be come to a point to get ready to separate yourself from anything that in the world said, Lord, this is it. I'm not going along in this road any longer. No matter what anybody else said, no matter how weak I am, no matter what my mind battle, my, my mind battling day and night, but Lord, this is my day. This is my time. I heard enough word. I heard enough of the dealing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I cannot go this road any longer. Then they are ready to separate themselves. 
when they're ready to separate themselves from all things of the world, and no matter what anybody else said, that's the time the Lord will do something to you. The greatest of force, the greatest of force that in this world is out of social media. The greatest of temptation for the believer in this age is not a Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, or whatever the name that can be called. The greatest of force is in this world the devil can use is unbelief. It's not a hundred percent unbelief, even just one percent unbelief can throw the word of God into no effect to that person. And the denomination has a proof of that. And the Baptist, the devil has approved them in them. Devil has approved that his doctrine of unbelief in Pentecost. He has approved it as a doctrine in a Methodist, in charismatic movement or whatever that is the church denomination has can do. The devil has approved it as a brag is true. If he, he doesn't need to throw all kinds of tricks on the people. He just only need to prove, to throw 1% of unbelief to the total truth of a God that will throw God's word into no effect. That's why God's called a total separation from unbelief. That means you believe every word that God said. Even you cannot do it, you still believe the word of God, word of God has said. Lord, maybe I'm not be able, maybe in my mind, maybe I stumbled, maybe I had a mistake, but yet I still believe every word of God is the truth. I might not be able to make every word of God, every promise of the Lord to come to the manifestation, to practice and all that, but yet in my heart, I do believe every word of God is the truth. Then there's a possibility. The prophet said he become an Azurite when he separated himself from anything that's contrary to the word. A total separation. Jesus said, I come to separate a man from his wife. Tear up a family. And he that won't take up his cross and follow me is not worthy to be called mine. A separation from everything, anything, from church, from a community, from unbelief, from a from a family or anything from a belief or from a family or anything that will stand between you and believe the entire word of a God. If your soul will not punctuate every promise for this hour with an amen, not your mouth though, your soul. If your soul will not punctuate every promise for this hour with an amen, there is a something wrong somewhere. You need a separation. I said that the separation is not a fun. Separation is not a something that the people enjoy to do it all the time. Separation is a painful. It's a heartache. Sometimes you have to separate it from your loved one. So from your family. It's not a means to separate it from, from them, to lose them, to separate it from them in order to get them. Because you have to strengthen yourself by believing the word of a God. Then all those unbelief, your wrong companion, your wrong friends, the wrong influence that you have, when you are just a child out of a God, if you're not a total separated from all those influence, those influence will finally catch you. 
Separation must be based on the word of a God. It must be for the sake of a word of a God. It's not just for your own uh, feeling. It's not just because of, uh, you know, you try to make an excuse for yourself. Then you separate it from people. It's not you separate from the people just from, um, uh, just because of the sake of a separation. I got fed up with the person, so I said uh, I must have separated from them. You know, I got fed up to live in a house, I must have separated from them. So okay, now the word becomes excuse so that I can do this uh, legally. It's not because you have the bank accounts, so you have to separate yourself from them. In order for you to get some more money. It's not because of your lust. Your passion or the things that are for your own convenience that you do the separation. Separation is not a share shun your responsibility. Separation is totally and only because of the word of God. But the Brahma said that faith can only not come by a church. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, knowing what it is. Faith come by hearing the word of a God and knowing what it is. Faith is not just know about the word. Faith is not just know of the word. Faith is know what is the word is. You know the nature of the word and you know the power of the word. Then you know what is the word can do for you. A person can know about the word, can quote it at a quote from the beginning to the end, can quote a, a quote a scripture by memory. But if the person don't know what is the word can do for him or her, that word have no effect to him. A person can listen to the word day and night, but don't know this word can heal them. A person can read in the message day and night and don't this experience the word has the power to save their children, to deliver them from the bad habits. They can read in the word day and night, but don't realize and don't know the word have a power that in your weakness, as long as you yield yourself to them. Then a person can reading and listening to the word day and night without having the faith to believe and to know that this message is the message of a rapture. Am I preaching too fast? Is that okay? Because I'm a, I'm trying to, time is running by faster than I speak. And just one more time, Brother Brahma said, talk about a Samson. He said a Samson. He let a woman lure him from the word of a God. The word of a God was a secret to him. The word of God is a secret to us. Everything, anything is all laid in the word of a God. If we veer it off from the word of a God one bit, at that time when you veer it off from it, it doesn't show it up very much. But a one mistake or one Veered off, I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, I trust you understand that. But one, one little bit of the word will lead another little bit of the word. And a one little bit plus one little bit equals two little bit. Then the two little bit become a too much little bit. A little bit of a little bit. Then the lock was shaved off. Well, Samson to leave the word of God just a little bit, the strengths never leave him. He never realized how serious that is. 
I can still do this, I can still do that. I can watch a little bit of this, I can watch a little bit of that. You know, I can doubt a little bit of this, I can go maybe with my friends a little too, a little bit here, a little bit there. I can get a little bit of social drink, I can hide myself just under the religion a little bit. You know, when I go to the restaurant and my friends and my company and everybody was there, they just said, I just don't mention about the Lord. Hey, pretty good, you know, I can still keep my religion, come to the church. And to do my social, uh, keep my social status that in the society. A little bit by little bit. The strengths never left him in the beginning. But you can't play with the word of God. God called a total separation from all unbelief. Samson doesn't realize that. He has a weakness. That weakness was covered by that his strength. That it yielded to the Lord. Sometimes the gift that we yield to the Lord can cover the strength, uh, can cover the weakness that we have. You know, I come to the church, I'm reading the message, I do I pay my tithes, I come do this, I help who is the work of a God, I help who is widows, I do a lot of things, I have a good social stand, that in the Clarendale Bible way, I have a good social stand with the pastor, I have a good social stand with the minister, I can do all of those things, that might be covered, that weakness for a little while, for temporarily, but if you don't deal with that, that weakness will finally shave your lock off of your head. You're probably waiting for some nicer speaker on Sunday morning. The Lord prepare you a spare tire made in China. Everyone has this weakness. I have a weakness. Just like anybody else's have a weakness. And sometimes the weakness that you've been dealing with that for years after years, it seems that a weakness will never go away. I think everyone, we have the same experience. We ask the Lord to deal with a certain situation that in our life, to deal with the certain things that are in our life. But it seems like those things will never get, a, get out of us. It's not so that you get out of that. It's not so that the weakness that you try to, the, the Paul always have a hot temper. Peter is, is always uh, the first one to speak. And, uh, you know, Moses always got a hot temper. And actually the hot temper caused him a lot of trouble. But it's not to the weakness, how weakness, how weak is your weakness. It's how or who you let the person or the one to take care of that. To not to yourself to cover that weakness. But it's that the word of God to cover that weakness. It's not to cover it up, but that the word of God to deal with that. You have an adversary. You have an enemy that's in your life. And that is the biggest enemy is yourself. The biggest adversary is your own self. That is the biggest adversary. The Lord will never take this as a body out of you. And to change you, swap you with the angel's body. He lets you live in this body. But live in this body, this body causes you a lot of a weakness. This body gives you a lot of a trouble. But God's word every time will bring this body under subjection. The body will continue to be in the weakness. 
Your weakness will continue to dragging along with you. But every time when you receive the word, when you're born again, that word of God can every time will bring this body, will bring this weakness under subjection. He cannot overcome you, but you will overcome him every time. If that weakness is in you, as long as you're in the body, you will stumble. And many times you stumble not only just one time, but you stumble a lot of time. But every time when you stumble, when you made a mistake, the true believer always repent. The true believer always come to another direction. And the Lord led the word to correct him. And Samson's weakness and put him into a shame. But as soon as he realized how shameful that what he done, as soon as he realized that he's wrong, he repent. When he humble before God, then God's power come back upon him. But Samson, if he want to take advantage, take a, take vengeance for his adversary, for his myself, he said, I must die with that. He said, Lord, just once more, not just Lord, once more, give me a strength. Not just once more, Lord, take care of that problem again. Not just once more, Lord, you know, I come before you, I give my heart, uh, I give myself back to the church, I shake hands with the minister, I'm gonna get uh, back, uh, get back to the fellowship again, join the, the, the Cloverdale church again, you know, everything's okay. No, Samson want to deal with that. Samson that I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to just repenting all the time. Lord, I want to take care of the court of the matter. And the court of the matter is, Lord, I want to die with it. This thing that's bothered me long enough. This thing that I've been dealing with, I've been fighting with day and night for years, and it never got solved. But Lord, this thing cannot go along any longer. He said, I want to die with it. That's where his victory was come from. Time after time, Samson was abounded. But every time, he got out of it. But when he come to the end time, at the end of his road, his eyes was plucked out. It's just like the church in this age, in the Laodicea. And the denomination, the church was abounded time after time. You can go to the quote that the Red Brandon was talking about the you know, when Samson was abounded, they typed it to the loser. As the one having one movement, and then it was abounded, and the loser break it out of it. And then the one that come into the denomination was abounded again. Then the Wesley, that the age to come, then he break himself out of the bondage. Time after, but after the come to the end time, which is a little descent in an age. Then the, this time is the eyes was plucked it out. That means they couldn't recognize what is wrong, what is right. And that um, their mental faculty has gone away. Their spiritual discernment has gone away. They don't know what is uh, how to discern the situation. How to judge what is right and what is wrong. That is the typical characteristic of this little distinct church age. And when we're living in this age, that's the spirit of this age. That it will influence the people. How Satan wants to do this age. He makes so many gray area. That is no right and wrong anymore. A woman can be a man. Man can be a woman. Or they can be anything they wanted. 
and the to uh, live it together is uh don't have a marriage uh, don't have a uh, don't have a marriage but they call them a common law it's not a lawful and they call it anything give it as all kind of a different name and just to try to uh, whitewash it the word of a god called a total separation the total separation that means that it's a black or white there's a no something in in between Aren't we glad that God sent out a prophet to give us a message of this hour that talk white is white and black is black. There's no gray area in this. And then Samson come to the end of his road. He becomes just a grinding in the prisoner's house. I wonder if it's sometime and some of us we come to the we come to the church, it's supposed to be a search of a deliverance. And but it's end up almost like a come to the prisoner house. You just wait for the service to be over quickly, then they have some more fellowship. Well, there's the most important fellowship that you should ever have is the with the word of a God. And then they come to the church, it's just becoming a grinding and a grinding. Just same old, same old, same old. And the people that come in the same situation in the same state. And in the same uh, spiritual famine, that are most uh, unlikely to have a famine. That one, the word of God in due season was uh, was just preaching it out. And they're living in the spiritual desert for years, just grinding and grinding. It seems that nothing going to happen to them. Because they didn't realize the possibility. When a person don't realize the possibility, then they start to floating. Then it started drifting. For a person is not to just realize how weak they are. But they must uh, come to a point to be determined. To come to the desperation. Like what Samson has did. So Lord, Lord, avenge for me. And what Samson did is in his most, in his weakest moment. In his eyes was a plucked out. His head was a shaved off. And he come in a prisoner house and fettered by the breast chin. It seems like he will never get a chance. To get out of that. But the Lord. That his hair grow back. Samson was a born. For that purpose. To take avenge. To take a vengeance. On the Philistines. You are born. To have a purpose. The purpose of you born. Is not to be born in certain church. The purpose for you to born. Is not to be. Called a believer. The purpose for you to be born in a message home, in a message uh, community, if we can call it, is not to be just like a good citizen. It's not just to have a clean cut young man and uh, a young woman don't wear makeup. That is not to the total purpose that God let us be born in this. Your purpose of a born in this. Is to like Samson, 
to be take vengeance on the enemy. And in your enemy, then it manifests the glory of God. As I said, your enemy is yourself. You're born to overcome this enemy. You're born to overcome Satan that in this earth. That's your purpose. Your purpose is not to save, escape, but the skin of your teeth. Your purpose that you're born in this is not just uh, drifting along. Your purpose is to go out to vent, to, uh, to go to take the vengeance. That is the what is the Lord has a purpose us to be born in this word. You're born again. You have a new birth. It's to fulfill the purpose of the Lord that on the individual that overcome the Satan's influence that in your body. And Samson is not in the strongest time that he overcome the enemy. It's not a one. It was everything. You know, he was a. Oh, it was a breaking the cord and a, a taking a gate out of the Gaza's a, a city gate. But it's when he was a fall into the hand of a Satan, or fall into the hand of the enemy, and uh, has been uh, deprived of the privilege by this uh, woman, and he even uh, worshipped this woman, Delilah, and the fall onto, fall under her, and the losses of direction, losses of confidence, everything. He come to the, such a point, such a stage, and is so helpless. But that in the helpless stage, when he said, I want to die with my enemy, that brought the avenger come on the scene. God doesn't need you to be a strong. He doesn't need you to turn a new leaf. He doesn't need you to come say, you know, I, I want to give myself to the Lord. I want to do something. I want to do this. He just wants you to come to what a Samson is God. Come to the weakest moment. It seems like all things was, uh, all things is impossible. It's not all things are possible. It seems like everything has a loss. He lost his direction, lost everything. But during that time, Samson's hair grew up. The covenant is still there. If you are the child of a God, you are forever the child of a God. If you are the seed of a God, you are forever the seed of a God. No matter how far you run, no matter how worse situation that you are in, no matter how bad situation that you are in, no matter how you yourself will give it up, but that covenant never give it up. That hair growed up. You will always be different. Even you shave your head off, just like in the world, that sea life still in you. Give it a time and he will grow back. There's some desire in the believer's heart. There's some desire in the backslider's heart. They said, this is not my life. I cannot just come to the church like that. The world will never give me satisfaction. My mama did and never gave me the satisfaction. The pastor never gave me the satisfaction. Just join a church will never give me the satisfaction. But only the word of a God will give it to me. They realize there is a possibility. That's why they come to the church. That's why they desire for God. 
Why? Because their hair is still there. The covenant is still there. Though they gave out a secret. Though they sold out the birthright. Totally to the world. Or to the religion. Or just to do anything that the devil can throw it before them. But that covenant never lost. God doesn't look at a situation. God look at that covenant. God doesn't look at how worse you get. How cold for how formal that you can come. God look at that covenant. He said you're born for that purpose. You're born for take vengeance of my enemy. You're born to be the final voice in this final age. You didn't born in Lucifer's age. You didn't born in Wesley's age. You were born in this age. And young people, you born in the message home. Don't you ever think one bit that you born in the message home just for you to drifting along. You're born in a message home. You go through the struggle. You go through the conflict. You go through the time after time that the devil will put a spirit along you, try to take it away, try to give you the doubt, try to give you the suspicions, give you the things that are in your thoughts. I must go out to the world to have a testimony. You can stay here and have a testimony. You can stay here to overcome Satan. And you didn't left any scar that the world had left on the other person. But you become a perfect virgin body that give it to the word of a God. That the word of a God be born in you. That is the greater miracle. When Samson realized the weakness in his life, he's not just want that weakness to be taken care of. He want the Lord to come on a scene. He said, I'm going to die with my enemy. I'm fed up with this. It's not a fed up with your weakness, but it's a fed up with the enemy. The enemy is that unbelief. The enemy is like thinking that have a one percent that unbeliever in them and still okay. It's not okay. He said, "I want to take care of that. That take is a death for that." He wants you, Lord, totally change my desire. I wonder how many Samsons is here. Said to Lord, totally change my nature. Lord, don't cover it up. Lord. Expose it and change it. Change my nature. Change my desire. Cigarettes is not a problem. Drug is not a problem. The last of those things is not a problem. The problem is your nature hasn't got changed. Let the Lord change your nature. Let the Lord change your desire. Then it changed the whole being. That you don't need people to come to tell you, you need to do this, you need to do that. The Holy Spirit in you will tell you, that is wrong, that is not right. That you say, Lord, yes, that is not right. Lord, change me. When Samson humbled himself before the word of God, before the Lord... 
That achieved the greatest victory he ever had. Jesus' greatest victory is not in the mountain of a beatitude. Jesus' greatest victory is when he humbled himself on the cross in Golgotha. That achieved the greatest victory he ever had. If a person in his weakest moment, not to give it up, but says to just like Samson, Lord, you have pushed me to this situation, to the corner like this. Then I humble myself. Lord, you can do something in my life. And then in the book of John, when Jesus come to the Samaria and to talk to the, the women of a Samaritan, the Samaria. And when a woman become a religious, ask, he said, you know, you Jews worship in Jerusalem and we Samaritans of the worship uh, in the, in this mountain. And Jesus said that a true worshiper, it has to be worshiped the Lord in spirit and in truth. What is the true worship? Worship is not just the lifting up of your hand. That is absolutely right. Because you defy the gravity of the earth. Worship is not you lost. That you are in the atmosphere. Tear running down of that. That is the result of a true worship. The true worship is not just a. You come to the church, you're gonna, when the word was preaching, you're gonna so excited. That is the result. That is the outer appearance of the true worship. Worship in the Hebrew, that means a dog licking his master's hand. That is the true worship. The worship is coming to the word like a dog. What does the dog do? The dog licking his master's hand. And it was the dogs that tried to say to you, the Lord, you are my master. I don't want to be a stray dog. You know what is a stray dog? Stray dog is a homeless dog. You got no home to go to. Any dog, no matter how strong they are, if they lost their master, they become really unsafe. They lost their feeling of security. Dog must have a master. And it cannot be any master. It must be his own master. A street dog just go on the street and anybody just go anywhere, go to the garbage can. And when there's a human coming, they're afraid and they run away. But a, a real dog, real dog. No matter you're a Mexican Chihuahua or you're a German Shepherd or you're a Chinese Chocho or you're an American Bully. A dog must have his master. And he must have the right master. We have a right master. Our master is not the world. Our master is the word of God in this hour. Our master is the master Jesus Christ. Licking his hand. Said I humble myself. You are my master. I have no home to go to, but you are my home. I have no place that I can dwell with. You are my place to dwell in. You are my master. That is the true worship. A true worshiping dog that knows his master 
And the licking of the master's hand humbled himself under his master. So Lord, you're the only one that I can find safety. You're the only one that can give me the spiritual food in due season. You're the only one that can heal me. You're the only one that can deliver me. A true worshiper can humble themselves. A true worshiper can obey the word of a God. And when he humbled himself before the word, like Samson was dead, then that's the greatest victory that a person had. When a person humbled himself before the word, that is the true worshiper. God wanted him to worship her, that in truth and in spirit. When Samson saw, when the word, when Samson saw the possibility, though the word was a, Shaved off of him. But then the word come back. Then the word, I'll say the hair is grow back. When God saw that hair grow back, then God said his promise. But Abraham said that the face come by hearing. If it's for God looks down and see that promise applied by the blood of Jesus Christ, something going to happen. Samson was down there grinding. He was blind. And he reached up. He couldn't fill it yet. He said, someday it will be there. He talked about his hair. Yes, sir. One day he reached up, said, there it is. Amen. There it is. God will see my seven locks again. Yes, sir. When God see my seven locks, He will see His promise to me. Do you know the hair has come back in this age? It's not a black hair, but it's the white hair. Do you realize the word of a God has come back in this age? Do you realize the judge with the white wig on, the supreme authority has come back in this last age? And then your possibility come back. That's the time when God is to look at it. He doesn't look at your ability or whatever you can do. He look at his own word. When the word has to grow back, when the word that he can saw that you accepted, then God saw his promise. But remember, say when God sees you accept his word, unadulterated and said it's your word, Lord, then God will see his promise. God only sees His promise when He see you accept His word. Amen. He promised you a healing, but He must see you accept His word first. Amen. When you accepted His word, then God saw the healing of the promise is there. Amen. He said, whosoever thinks, when He said, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, Believe you receive it, and you shall have it. It will be granted to you. Brother, God will keep his word. When God sent his promise, he sent Samson's hair grow again. That was God's promise to Samson. That's right. And when God sent Samson with his promise, God was obligated to Samson. He put his arm around them big old pillars like that and pulled her right in. His strength had come to him again. 
And then he continues saying, thus says the Lord, you said, whatever things I desire, when I pray, believe, I receive it. For me to receive it, accept it as if, as if it was already done. Believe it now, for I have faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I believe it, Lord. God will look right down in your heart and see that promise. And diseases will melt back from side to side. Cripples will walk. Blind will see. Deaf will hear. Dumb will speak. Why? They have taken God at His word. In this last age, that word has come back. I'll say that just like the Simpsons' hair has to grow back. When that word come back, then there's a possibility. When God saw that word come back, and then that is your chance that you can accept God's word. Just like the last time I said, even just halfway, believe it, will cast that demon out of them. I'm not trying to encourage you to be a halfway believer, but I ask, how many full way believers here? You all raise up your head, even halfway can cast out a demon. What about that a full way believer can do? It's when the hair grow back, then Samson's chance came back. Then it's the strength to come back. When the word come back in this hour, when the vindicated truth in this hour has come back, and to show the cloud, that is the white wig, the supreme authority has come back, that means your judge has been come back. That only display or show one thing, this is your chance. This is your time that you can by accepting that word, then God will see every his promise. Without seeing you accepted his word, God cannot see through his promise. But when you receive the word of God, receive every word, whatever word of God has said, those things you cannot do, those things you maybe said, I'm a weak in faith, I don't have ability to do that. But when God saw you accepted his word, he saw his promise. I promise that I will give them the Holy Spirit. And they said, Lord, give me that Holy Spirit. I believe it. And then the Lord will see that promise through. He said, Lord, I believe your word. You said, by your stripes, I was healed. No matter the healing is there yet or it is not there yet. But you believe the word. And then the Lord said, I gave them the word. They believed in the word. Now I saw my promise. Believe unto Jesus Christ. You and your house shall be saved. Lord, I didn't see my children here yet. But Lord, I believe your word. Your word is not on the pages, in the print, in the link. But Lord, every word is the person of Jesus Christ that spoke to me. Lord, I believe your word. When Lord saw that word that you believe, he saw it as a promise. When he saw your action to believe the word, then God saw his promise. In the book of Numbers chapter 25, it talks about Phineas. And then the Bible says that the one there committed adultery and it was the midnight. That a woman 
And then the, the curse of the Lord is to drop on them. And the people, they realize they do wrong. But what did they do about it? The Bible said, and behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto this brethren, Mennonitish woman in the sight of the Moses, and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel, who were whipping before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. They're all whipping. Moses is there too. All the priests is there too. All the father and the mother are all there too. They're all whipping. But nobody take action. They're just shedding tears. Lord, this is not right. Lord, this is wrong. You know, I don't know what to do. Lord, we repent. We do this. We do that. But nobody do anything about it. But Phineas, when he saw that, he said, this thing must be stopped. You can't just cry all the time. You can't just pound the altar all the time. Something must be ended. This must be ended. The sin must be ended. The wickedness must be ended. How long I'm going through these things? How long I'm being suffered with this affliction from Satan? Something must be done. And then they take a javelin and they go there. The prophet doesn't do that. I'm going to do it. The other people doesn't do it. I'm going to do it. It's not that a pastor give me advice, give me a consultation, what I should do. Lord, if I have a sin in my life, I need to take care of it. If I have a problem and deal with it time after time, I need to take care of that. And then they take a javelin and they go down thrust it through. And then they end it in the sin. It takes somebody taking action upon the word of God. Lord, you said it. I believe it. And then he said, and he, the Lord started to speak. When he takes an action, he doesn't wait anybody else to help his situation. He said, I'm going to take care of this. It's not just the preacher's job to take care of this. I have a problem. I need to take care of that. But Milko shared the testimony. It was so blessed me. He said he got a gout. He was. He got. He had a gout before. And it was so painful. They said a gout is the second painful thing beside a woman give a birth. And I can't imagine that because my brother, Tony, he got a gout too. I still have it. And Brother Milko said, he said he got a gout quite a few years ago. And the one day he was sitting in the church, uh, sitting at, a, uh, at home, he just cannot even get up. And then the church was going, he said, maybe I'll just stream the service. And then he uh, was told, I can't just do this. Then he said, you know what, devil, we need to have a talk. In a way that Brother Milko's always do. He said, devil, we need to have a talk. He said, I want to go to church. And you don't. He said, what are we going to do about this? He said, I'm going to drag you to the church if you want. If you want to hear me praise the Lord, come along. If you want me to see me praise the believer in the word of God, come along. And he said, he was sitting on the back there. He said, the devil, did you hear that preaching? That is for you. 
And then raise up his hand and he prays to the Lord and he doesn't have a God since then. It takes some of Phineas to really take care of that issue. It's not just this and not everybody else. It's probably your job. Believe on action. And then the Bible said, and he, the Lord said to Phineas, and he shall have it and his seed after him, even the covenant of an everlasting priesthood. He ordained him and his children to be the everlasting priesthood. Because what? Because he was zealous for his God. And made an atonement for the children of Israel. This atonement is not just to make a sacrifice. This atonement is not made a burnt offering. This atonement that Phineas made for the children of Israel, he take care of that thing. He take care of that problem. Nobody asked him, but I'm going to take him care of it. When he was taking faith into action, God said, you will forever be the priesthood. God said to him, he make atonement for his children. This time of the atonement is not just a, just make a sacrifice. But this time of the atonement, he becomes zealous. He become action. No other people pray. I'm going to pray. The other members of the family doesn't have a revival. Lord, I'm going to have a revival. The other member of the family doesn't come. I'm going to come. I write it down for myself. I said, Lord, don't let me just become a my mouth sacrifice. Lord, let me be zealous, like a Phineas. Not depending on other people's doing it, then I'm following along. But Lord, let me do it. I'm not going to play with the wrong thoughts anymore. Can you say amen? amen? I'm not going to give any space to unbelief. I'm not going to say how close I can get to the cliff, but to say how far I can get away from it. I'm going to shun away from any appearance of sin or temptation, but live a life that is holy and worthy of the gospel. Let go of those things that easily beset you. Stop to find excuse for a wrongdoing. And believe every word of God. But Bram said it once more. Is that it stood there and it realized. And his hair had begun to grow it out again. But it could not be effective. Because it didn't have an eyes. And he cried, Lord, revenge my eyes. They put my eyes out. There are today, I might say, the craze. They sent me to a seminary and the call that was in my heart over the living God that punched, they punched all that out of me, saying those things was for another age. Revenge my eyes. What was Samson thinking? There was a possibility. 
Perhaps Jehovah is full of love. It might be possible that he would hear me. And he said he knew there was a possibility. But the thing of it is today, the people don't seem to come conscious that there is possibility. They're satisfied to go right on down the old trend they're going. See, don't do that. Believe God. Have faith in Him. When people don't see the possibility, then people start drifting. When people don't see possibility, then they give it up. On the surface, it's still just like anybody else. But inside, they give it up. Why they give it up? Because they don't see the possibility. But you have to remember, only believe. All things are possible. Only believe. Doesn't mean you, don't, you must have a super, super faith. Faith is just like a hyssop. Even you just have a simple, small faith, but pure. Say, so Lord, your word has said so. It's not uh, mixed with anything else. Your emotion or this and that. But just by faith. Don't misunderstand. Faith will bring emotion. Faith will bring excitement. Faith will bring joy. Will bring peace. Will bring everything. But if you only believe. That is your starting point. And we look at the, the scripture. I'm trying to wrap it up here. In the book of the second king, when the king of Hezekiah, when he uh, saw the king of Assyria come, they had about 200,000 people and the chariots and the horse. And, and when the devil started to get upper hand, the devil started bragging on it. And the, the king of uh, Sinacreb, the one he, he go to the, the Jewish and the send the messenger said, uh, you know, do you have, I have a 2000 horse. Do you have a 2000 horseman can ride on my horses? He said, then you can fight with me. He said, if you can't even find a 2000 man can ride on a horse, how are you going to fight even the list of my, uh, uh officer? When devil started to uh, thinking he's, uh, had advantage, then he started boasting. But sometimes he's just boasting to the wrong person. Because he doesn't realize who that person is behind that person. And then Hezekiah, when he heard that, and the Bible said, Have the gods of the nations deliver them of which my fathers have destroyed, as Gozan and the Haran and the Rezam and children of Adam, which were in the, the Lhasa, the, the Lhasar. Oh, whatever, sorry, I, I can't pronounce that thing. And he was uh, starting to quoting what is uh, the Assyrian king has said in his letter to the Lord. He said, where is the king of Hamas? That's uh, this uh, uh, king of Assyria said. And the king of uh, Arpad and the king of the city of Sepharvan, of Hannah and Ava. Uh, and all those kings. And to the Assyrian king said, all those kings, I have destroyed them. And all of them, and there was no one can standing before me. It's just like the Satan has tried to say this age. 
all those churches, I have destroyed them. The Baptists, I destroyed them. The Methodists, I destroyed them. The Pentecost, I destroyed them. Or three self or whatever that you call it or the name of it. I destroyed all of them. None of them can stand in front of me. Because they are not God like Jehovah. You know, your knowledge, your human feelings, your determination, your turning a new leaf and everything, none of them can stand before this Satan. You must find an avenger, that avenger come on the scene. That's what Hezekiah did. He knows there's a possibility. It doesn't matter what situation, how odd the situation that he's against with. Seems that how impossible that is. But Hezekiah always knows there is a possibility. And Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messenger and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Is not spread it before the Instagram. Is not spread it on the Facebook. Is not spread it on your group chat. Don't spread on that. Go to the house of a God and spread it before the Lord. He went to the house of a God. Because they know that in the house of God that there is a covenant, there is a mercy there. Then he spread it before the Lord, his, because of the Lord is his avenger. He said, of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their land, and have cast the gods into the fire, for there were no gods, but the works of a man's hand, the wood and stone. Therefore they have destroyed them. He said, now therefore, Lord, our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord of a God, even thou only. All those things cannot resist the Satan, Satan, the king of Syria. Oh, and no, nothing can resist the Satan in this earth, in this age. But only one thing can resist him. That is the revealed word in this hour. That is the born again life. That's the new birth. That is the Holy Ghost. That is the life of Jesus Christ through by you believing the word, accepting the word, living in you. No matter how small it is, no matter how small the seed is, but their life is unlimited. And then the Lord said to Hezekiah, he said, I have heard the boast of this king of Assyria. And then the Lord started dealing with him. And then the Lord and started saying, you know, I don't have the time to, to go into all the details. And he talked about their, what is the, the king of Assyria tried to do. And then the Lord said, but I know thy abode and thy going out. And thy coming in, and thy rage against me. He said, because thy try, thy rage against me, and thy tumult is come up into my ears. Therefore I will put my hook in thy nose, and my brittle in thy lips, and I will turn this, turn thee back by the way by which thou had comest. When he spread this word, spread what Satan has said before the Lord, then 
This, then the Assyrian king is not dealing with the king of Hezekiah, but he started his dealing with the Lord now. When you spread it before the Lord, not man, not your own self, not anything else, but you spread it before the Lord, you actually present the whole case to the Lord. Lord, I have no ability to overcome this. Lord, I cannot do this, but I don't find excuse for that. I know that it's wrong, but Lord, I spread it before you. You must deal with this. Then the Lord, he said, as the last time I had quoted to the book of Exodus, the Lord said, I will become adversary of your adversary. I will become an enemy of your enemy. As long as you follow the word of God. Then the Lord said, and said, this shall be a sign unto thee. Ye shall eat this year such things as the growth of themselves. And in the second year, that which spring is of the same. And in the third year, sow ye and reap and plant a vineyard and eat the fruit thereof. And the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall yet again take roots downward and bear fruit upwards. For out of Jerusalem shall go forth the remnant. And they that escape out of Zion, they that escape out of Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall do this. It's not your zeal shall do this, but it's the zeal of the Lord shall do this. When something burning in you, who did that? God put that zeal in you. When some burden that is in you, who put that? God put that burden in you. It's not your own self, but God put that zeal that is in you. What is the God trying to do? He said, that my zeal shall achieve that. My zeal of the Lord of the host shall do that. He said, therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into the city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with a shield, nor cast a bank against it. What is the God trying to say to you? He said that the devil cannot even come near you. Maybe this is just I. Many times, before you cross the bridge, you already designed every possibility how to cross it. Before that sickness come, before the trial come, you already figured out how I'm going to go through this. You already designed all the occasion. If this trial come, I'm going to do this, 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 then this. You catch the spirit of the people in the tribulation. They prepare everything for the tribulation. Why you have to prepare yourself for the upcoming maybe trials? Maybe difficulty. Maybe everything we have to think it is to the worst. You know, if this things go worse, what am I going to do? If my children doesn't serve the Lord, what am I going to do? If my wife does, if my husband does, if my house does, if my job does... The Lord said to Hezekiah, He said that enemy cannot even get close to you. Doesn't the promise of a God said, none of your hair are going to be lost? Doesn't the promise of a God said that in this here, the enemy cannot even shoot an arrow, cannot even make a banquet against you, he cannot do nothing against you. Don't just think it for the worst of how you prepare to go through that. Said to the Lord, Lord, this thing doesn't even gonna come back on me. 
I'm not waiting for the children to go out to the world and then come back to have a testimony. I'm not going to let them go out to the world. Lord, by your promise, I'm going to believe every word of a God. It's not a prepare for the worst. Prepare for the best. Prepare for not even lose one hoof. We're not even letting one hoof be left behind. A lot of time we help the devil to design all the situation. We help him to design all the occasion, all the sin. But when God gave us a deliverance, it's totally different from what we believe. Totally different from what we expected. The word is your protection. The devil might look fierce. The devil might look at the Seems like it was so powerful. But the Lord has a promise. Have you experienced it many times that we're thinking we're going to go into facing the devil, face him to face, we're uh, toe to toe, we're thinking that, you know, the situation, the job is going to be lost, and this and that. But then when we believe in God, it turned out to be totally different, different from what we think. And the Lord said, by the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and shall now come into the city, says the Lord, for I will defend the city to save it for my own sake. It's God that defends your city. It's God that defends you. And for my servant David's sake. And then it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of Assyrian, a hundred, fourscore, and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all, they were all dead corpses. Our God is the Almighty God. Don't think for the worst. I don't think I drive that home. I think you still prepare for tribulation. I think you still prepare for something worse that's gonna happen. You still prepare for some of the, you know, some of the difficult, the most difficult time I'm going to ever. What about before the difficulty come, the rapture happens? Yeah. I'm going to owe my debts. I'm going to owe this. I'm going to owe that. What about before you even pay a penny of the interest of that, then a rapture happens, you don't have to pay for that. I'm going to do the school. You know, I'm going to fill this. I'm going to fill that. What about before you fill any course, even before you pick up your pen, try to write, and the Lord said, let's get home. I hope you get what I'm saying. Faith is not when you go through trials, you have a faith. Faith can be before trial come, Lord, take me out of here. Faith can be before any difficulty, any of those things that will come. Lord, I'm not prepared to live here. I'm not prepared to live through this. I'm prepared to get myself out of this. And the Lord is the avenger for Hezekiah. And it destroyed all his enemy. But not, but that's not the end of it. I said the Lord is avenger. When he avenged, 
the Lord to do work thoroughly. When Lord to do things, He doesn't do the halfway job. He's gonna kill the cord of it. He's gonna kill the source of it. He's not going to let him rise up again. Your enemy is dead. When the prophet was going through his rough time in his stomach, and the Lord finally showed him in a vision, said that a squirrel is only six inch long. He said that it was time after time, and that those, those uh, stomach has bothered him, but he will have an end of it. He said that a squirrel, that things only bother him six inch long. And then the Lord, then he saw in the vision, the squirrel to jump into the cactus. Then the Lord said to him, your enemy is dead. When God was dealing with the situation, he wanted to deal with it to the final. He's not just to do the halfway job. He's going to kill the source of it. Then is the king, Santa Crab. But it's, so Santa Crab, king of Assyria, departed and went and returned and dwelt in Nineveh. He go back to his stronghold. He tried to regroup himself, then come back again. But then the Lord said, no, you're not going to come back again. I'm going to deal with you. This is final time. You haven't been bothering my people long enough. I'm going to be once for all taking care of the same. And how he take care of it? The Bible said, and it came to pass, as he was worshiping in the house of an Israel, his God, and Adra Malek, that means honor of the king. And the Sherazer, that means prince of fire. His sons smote him with the sword. And then they escaped into the land of Armenia. Armenia is Ararat. That means the curse was reversed. Then he said, and Asahadan his son, rendered his death. If I can put into today's version, when the Satan has to bother you long enough, he's thinking, okay, you leave your life, I'll leave mine. You go to church, but don't come to my territory. You do whatever you want to do, but just keep it to your religion, to yourself. But God said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take care of the source of it. So that it's not only that you bother my people, but I'm going to raise up a fire right in the midst of you so that will destroy your kingdom. So that will destroy you that no branch, no root will be left all over. When God do things, He can do this, leave them to the stubble. No branch, no root going to be left all over. He doesn't want none of the influence of the Satan to be on your body again. He wants you to be born again so there is no track of a devil can be found that in your life. He will leave them to the stubble so that no influence of a Satan can influence you anymore. No temptation can tempt you anymore. No Satan can overcome you anymore. He said, I'm going to take care of that. And the Lord raised up his own sons to destroy him. Do you realize the Lord raised up Satan's own children to rebel against him? 
You're all Satan's children. Used to be. I know now you're pious. You know why? Because you have no track, no appearance, no any symbolic, no any resemblance of that Satan anymore. Why? Because God did a total, thoroughly work. Branch or root, there was nothing. Did you smell any Satan in your body? I couldn't smell it at all. How can I believe this man that's sitting here used to be do all those uh, uh, evil things that Satan out there? How? Victor, I can't believe it. I can mention many names over here. I don't want to make you feel awkward. I know this. Well, anyway. What is that? You yourself is the testimony to testify Satan has been destroyed. It's not a halfway work, but it's a total work of the Lord. And it reads about his own sons. They're in his house that have killed him. God reads about Satan's own children that in Satan's kingdom that destroyed him. Is that what is the word of a God that said? In the book of Ezekiel 28, it talks about Satan. He said, Thou hast defiled that sanctuary by the multitude of thy iniquity. By the iniquity of thy traffic, therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. He shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. God is going to raise up the children right in hell, right in the kingdom of Satan's Eden to destroy Satan. You know, people, you know, I, uh, sometimes I heard people say that, you know, I don't want to go to hell. I'm afraid of hell. I, I just don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. Do you really think hell wants you? Do you really think hell wants you to go there? In this last age, the hell has enlarged her mouth. It has been extended its territory on earth. It's not in hell anymore. It's the hell on earth. But hell don't want you. There is a former one before you has went to hell. Has turned the whole hell upside down. Has taken the key of the hell, grief and death. And you are his children. You think hell wants you? You think hell really desire you to come over there? Whenever you try to come to the hell, the hell is shaking. He said, I don't want you to be here. I don't want a John be here. I don't want a Victor be here. There was one before. Why I need another one? The one their daddy has come here has turned the whole thing upside down. I don't want you. Go back to your church. Do your religion. But it's God sent you to hell. He sent you to hell and to demolish the work of the Satan. Hell has enlarged her mouth and has stands its territory and to do all this a havoc. But God raised you up to destroy the work of the Satan. 
We see the hell has come onto this earth. Let's do all that they can. But what does the God do? God said, I'm going to send you over to conquer the enemy. I was having a fellowship with Mr. Peter the other day. And he said he went to the hospital. And in the hospital, he started witnessing to the people. One after another, one after another. They all had the same treatment like what he had. But none of them can have a smile like he had. None of them they can have a zeal and a passion and happy as he had. And he was a witness to everybody. That's why I said it. Does hell really want them? Then I heard that the people, you know, the situation in the believers in China. And then the people, they have to, somebody have to close their service. But you know, when they close their service, what they do? They start to go to each family. And not each family, then they start to witness to their neighbor. So instead of a close down, now the gospel has spread it out. And I just have a several of the baptism just in another village. Because they don't have a church, some of them don't have a church anymore. So now they're like the church in Jerusalem, they haven't been dispersed, so they've been spread out everywhere they go. Satan thinking he isn't in victory, God is in a victory. Is the God of a vengeance has sent you to hell. To tear down, tear down all this stronghold out of Satan. And he said that those sons of the two, the two sons of the king of us, of, of Syria, and then when he killed the king, and then he went to the Arat, and Armenia. Armenia is the Arat, so that means the curse has been reversed. It's not that the devil try to put a curse on you. But you actually become a curse to him. You recognize every Satan's a trick. Brother Bramble said, I think I quoted it to you the last time. They talk about a Brother or Robert's meeting. He said, well, there's a 50 healed in Brother Robert's meetings to one in mine. Because the Brother Robert has the face of a bulldog and just got hold of people and pray for one after another. But a brother Branham, it was the ministry, it was different. He said, uh, he said that the 50 healed in brother Robert's meeting, but it's just one in mine. But usually, he said, mine is the ones that God failed in haste. Mine is the ones that God failed in haste. Did I pronounce it right? That means if the robbers failed to heal them, those are difficult case come to brother Branham. And then he said, see, come down here and you find out where the trouble's at. Then it's straightened it up. And then things are made right. The prophet's ministry is different. Those are going to come to the oral robbers meeting. And then he just by the bulldog face and they try to cast the demon out or heal them. But those are people that who failed that in his ministry. But when he come to the prophet's ministry and those people... That are healed. I'll say those are difficult case. The robbers cannot heal them. 
You know, if I can put it in today's version, all the different churches has failed you. They cannot do anything to you. You go to the Baptist, it doesn't work it out. You go to the Methodist, it doesn't work it out. You go to the Pentecostal, it doesn't work out. But when you come to this ministry, you say, the Lord, this is absolutely the truth. And then the prophet said, it's a slow. He said, it's taking time of watching, being sure that you're right. He said, then he placed curse upon the devil. It's not just the devil trying to put a curse upon you, but he put a curse upon the devil. In another word, the curse has been reversed. How many times we hear the message that says, I curse you, Satan. He said, the devil, you put a curse on this boy. The devil, you put a curse on this girl. But in the name of Jesus Christ, I lift that curse off of her. The curse has been reversed. You saw about in this age. When I think about in the book of Genesis, when God put a curse on Cain, and he gave him a mark, that everywhere he go, Cain is marked. That he got a mark of a curse on him. That everybody was sold him. They know Ken is cursed. But in our age, in our time, God has not put a curse on you. Satan put a curse on you. But God lifts that curse out of you. And not only lift that curse out of you, and then they put a curse on Satan. Whenever Satan, no matter where he go, no matter what he do, you saw, you recognize that curse mark that on Satan's device. No matter where the Satan's, his attribute, it's the people, whatever device he use, but you saw the mark out of it. You recognize it by the word of a God that in this hour, when it's the social media started coming, you know there's a curse mark on it. You said that that is a curse. You recognize that. And when there's a different things that are coming out in your life, you recognize that there's a mark of a curse on that. There's a no devil can deceive you. You recognize that every curse. Why? God put a curse on that. And you recognize that curse. And nothing going to deceive the pride of Jesus Christ. Then Brother Brahma said, then if the person will halfway believe it, he said it will happen. He said, no matter how long it takes, stay with it. It's been said, stay with it. God makes a promise. And in some time, it takes weeks and months before it happens. But it's got to happen. If you don't doubt it, got to. It's your faith in what you have seen done. Let a musician come. The devil has to try to work to work on the bride of Jesus Christ. But he failed. You are the testimony that you show the devil has left no influences on you. You say, no, I'm still tempted. That means he's outside. If he's outside, he's still attacking you. If he's an inside, he owns you. But devil has been casted out, has been driven out from you. So he's only from the outside and try to get in. But that is the proof 
that He cannot go into you. Because the Word of God has driven Him out. And then in John, Gospel 14 and 30, it said, Hereafter, I will not talk much with you. Jesus said, For the prince of this world cometh and has nothing in me. I will say, Devil has nothing in you either. He said, I will not talk with you much more. For the prince, that's in the Amplified Bible said. He said, For the prince, the evil genius, the ruler of the world is coming. And he has no claim on me. I will say he has no claim on you either. Because you are not his property. You don't belong to him. He said, he has nothing in common with me. Jesus said, devil, the prince of this world has nothing in me. That means he has nothing in common with me. Do you have any common with Satan? I have no common with him either. He said, there is nothing in me that belongs to him. There is nothing in you that belongs to him either. And he has no power over me. Your body is not his. Your mind is not his. Your soul is not his. You become the property of God. He has no power over you. That means he has no authority over you. He might be a bluff. He might be threatening on outside of you. But he has no power whatsoever that in your life. The word of a God that you accept, you received. God has cast him out. Only one thing lived in you. That is the word of faith to the word of God that is living in you. God has raised you up. That in this Satan's Eden. Like he raised up the two sons of the king of Assyria. To kill him, to destroy him. And God has reversed the curse. And instead of a Satan put curse on you. You can put curse on him. Says Satan, you have no power to me at all. Let us stand. You know, Satan has did a lot of things. He tried to put a curse on you. Satan has designed this whole age. And he's not just doing the curse to try to randomly or just in the, in the spirit of a moment to try to do it. He's been designed that started thinking and premeditated everything to try to put a curse on you. You never see sickness will be so much like what we have in this age. You never see so much a device of a sin that in this age can easily be said that the people can tempting the people. That is what Satan did. But you know what? God has a lift out of the curse out of you. When He gives you the Word, the Word can lift no print, no track, no footprint whatsoever that is in your life. But God has sent a protector that is a preserver that is in your heart so that nothing can harm you. Let us pray. Oh dear Heavenly Father, Lord, how we thank you, Lord, to give us a word in this hour. Give us a message in this hour. Nothing, no weapon formed against us will be prosper. Lord, we know your word is the truth. Lord, just help each one of here. Let your Holy Spirit reveal yourself to each person. Lord, let our life 
be not be a weakness, but let our life become strong, Lord. Strong in faith to believe every word of what God has said will come to pass. No matter what Satan tried to do, no matter how many curse the Satan tried to play upon the bride of Jesus Christ. But Lord, you have led us to the place that his curse has been reversed. You have led us to the place that you become our protector. You become our preserver. That no Satan, all his influence will be ever flourished that in this life, Lord. We give you all the thanks. Be with your children, Lord. Lord, for tonight's service, Brother John gonna come on over behind the pulpit and speak to our children, speak to our children again. Lord, and may the Holy Spirit anointed our brother. Let a word of a God come through, not from a man, but come directly from the throne of mercy. We give you all the thanks. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Let's sing the battle is the Lord. I really like that song, Brother Ryan. Accepted, just taking God's by His word. Not what anybody else said, not even how you feel, but just what is the word of a God has said. Then the battle is not yours, but the battle becomes the Lord's. 
How we love it. Let's just sing that again. Let's sing it just like you already mean it. I know sometimes that we're going through the battles. Sometimes we're going through the trials and the things. But expect the best thing you can ever expect. You know God will never forget you. No matter what situation you're going through. No matter what things that you are facing. No matter take how long. But God know His own seed. Do you have a little time? Can I share your testimony? I just saw that sister over there. Sister Rose. Uh, I just want to share this, this, a little testimony I was uh, our China sister Sister Rose Last week that's the first time she came I want to share how How she came Now you know why I said what I said About a few weeks ago You, you got a few minutes I won't, I won't be long It won't be another service I promise you Just uh, about a week or two ago I told you the white jacket brother. Anybody know that the white jacket uh, donut frying brother? <laughs> and he called me. He said, Brother Murphy, he said, um, you know, I shared a message with, uh, with a certain sister in China. And she believed. Uh, and then she got a friend that's in Vancouver. Then she shared it with her. And uh, that sister want to know you. Want to uh, come to uh, your house, your, uh, your church. I want to uh, attend for the service. I said, sure, you know, that, that'd be fine. And so the white jacket brother gave me the, uh, her number. And uh, so I called uh, the sister. That's the sister Rose. I called her up uh, and I texted her. And then I invited her to come to uh, uh, the church. But before that, we have a Bible study in Brother Jim and the Sister Shirley's place. So then, uh, to make a long story short, then the sister Rose came. Then I thought, you know, she was the first time she heard a message. I better be careful, not uh, just burn the two, not become too fanatic. So I started sharing, but while I was sharing, she was nodding her head. And she would say, amen. And she was everything she believed. Then I started to talk about the prophet. And she said, absolutely. He's the only, Brother Branham is the only prophet in this last age. I said, my goodness, how did that happen? And uh, so just during the break, then she started to tell me the whole story. She said, 10 years ago, she was in China. And I've been in the north in the city. And somehow there is a one brother, a young man from the southern part of China, bring a whole box of a message book. And I went up to the north and started passing out of the book. And she's the one who received that message. But there's no church, nowhere to go to. She received that church, received that message. But that time she didn't believe it. She was to go to this church or that church. And she said she was in a Pentecostal, all different kind of a way in the different churches. She said, I got a lot of hurt. I got a lot of damage from all different denominations. He said, Brown Murphy, you name it, all denomination I went to. He said, Mormons and this and that, all. He said, you name it, all the denomination that I went to. But he said it just a few days ago. He said, that sister in China, my friend, said, oh, I received a message. And so she said, what message? And that sister started sharing with her. She said, yeah, that's the message 10 years ago. I received it. I heard it. But there's no church to go to, nowhere to receive it. But he said, and now, he said, where is that? He said, there's a, and I said, there's a, uh, you know, they have a church in here in Vancouver. There's a people in here. I said, who's that person? He, he, then he gave my name. He said, Murphy? He said, yeah. He said, seven years ago, I went to her, his home. He said, I still remember Sister Tracy cooked the lunch for us. 
But he still didn't receive the message seven years ago. But the battle is not yours. The battle is to the Lord's. No matter how long it takes. And then she came for the Bible study. Then she came for the church over the last week. And she said that this is the message. This is the one. No matter how long it takes. Ten years. But if there is a seed in there. That seed when it comes to moisture. When it comes to sunlight to shine upon. It will spring to the forest. Do you love the Lord? This is a supernatural gospel that we have. This is the supernatural God that we served. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord. You know, Brother Bram was talking about the rabbits in the pan. He said, you patch every hole. He said, the rabbit has to come back from the gate. You know, we've been running, we've been bouncing, we've been doing this, we've been doing that. But you know, all the holes God has to patch it out. You have nowhere to run, you have to come through this gate. Let's sing that again. Shake hands with each other. God bless you. See you tonight.